Hey, are you ready to be inspired and to get smart at the same time? We've got a great show for you. Stick around for today's episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone once again to The Buyer's Mind. We have got a great interview today with two really smart and highly entertaining guys, Bill Kasky and Brian Neal from the Advanced Selling Podcast. We have a great conversation where we're going to talk about authenticity, about old school versus new school selling. Yes, we will name names. We'll talk about what super high performance looks like. We'll get some opinions on on some controversial figures in the world out there. And along the way, we'll try and figure out what we can learn from a rabbi in Seattle. So much to talk about in today's interview. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Well, we're going to do something a little different today on uh, The Buyer's Mind because um, we've actually got not one, but two guests at the same time. And for many of you who are listening, and you're, for those of you who are podcast junkies, and especially if you are a podcast junkie in the sales world, well, my guests are going to need absolutely zero introduction at all because they are the hosts of the wildly successful podcast, the Advanced Selling Podcast. Thrilled to have them on The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to Bill Kasky and Brian Neal, or perhaps Brian Neal and Bill Kasky, I don't want to start any <laughs> turf wars over here, but B and B, how's it going? I like we like B and B. We respond well to that. Mm-hmm. It's alphabetical. We we debate our agents, you know, hack the hash this out between the two of them. So we landed in a good spot, but that's fine. <laughs> We're glad to be here, Jeff. It's in the contract somewhere. Uh, yeah. Just take us back to the very beginning, because you, you've been doing the Advanced Selling Podcast for, for quite some time now. I mean, just 600 episodes. That's that's rare air for most podcasts uh, today. So many of them uh, come and go. But how did you start the podcast? Take us back to the origin here. Well, Brian and I are both radio geeks, and we were driving to Chicago one day, and we started to compare notes about when we were in high school, and a lot of our paths were the same, even though I'm 100 years older than he is, (laughs) and we both loved radio, we both loved music, we both loved uh, just the whole radio scene, and so we thought, well, we should be on radio, so we got a radio show here in Indianapolis on a a 10,000-watt station, WXNT, we called it Business 360, it was Saturday at noon. Uh, probably the number one drive time Saturday at noon. And I don't know if we had five listeners, but we didn't have very many, but we did it for about a year. And uh, Brian got, uh, he was a big 10 football official. And so guess what days big 10 football is on? It's on Saturday. So for about six months of the year, I was kind of winging it alone. And I said, yeah, we both said, this is not working. So somebody introduced us to podcasting, said, you don't have to worry about timing. You don't have to worry about uh, all that other stuff. And so we got into it in 13 years ago in 2005 and we're 650 some episodes in and uh, we love it. And this is, this is proof that you don't have to be good at anything. You just have to start sooner and just keep doing <laughs> yeah, it over right. and over. That's right. Uh, Cause if people say, how'd your podcast get so big? Literally I, part of it is we just outlasted everybody. <laughs> we've just continued to do it. Uh, like I said earlier, we've got 650 free episodes um, and we actually do absolutely love it. We love the process. And we love our listeners. And it's a great, great medium. 
Well, one of the things that you do uh, quite well, and is, is, uh, I know many of our audience members are familiar with the the Advanced Selling Podcast, is that the tone is um, it's it's sort of what's the old saying, right? We take our business seriously, our, ourselves less so. We, we've got <laughs> all of the stress and aggravation and negative environment that we want in our sales job day after day. Sometimes it's uh, a breath of fresh air to hear something that's just a little bit more. Hey, can we all just sort of like take a chill pill and relax a little bit? It, is, was that part of your strategy from the very beginning to to get your listener to step away from the mayhem and the chaos a little bit and just kind of kick your feet up a little bit? Yeah, no, no doubt. It's on, it was on purpose. We we always decided that we wanted to be just ourselves. We didn't want to do a shtick. We didn't want to yell at people and scream through the mic. It wasn't going to be a walk on hot coals sort of deal. And we wanted to let them in on our real lives too. And so we just think by just the natural openness, the genuineness of who we are as people, we don't take ourselves seriously. Um, that we've of all the comments that we've gotten over the years, the one that's consistent the most is I feel like I know you guys. I feel like I can hang out with you. Um, and so, so that was on purpose. And at the same time, it wasn't it wasn't difficult because we just be us. And if you came and sat in the office with us and hung out or went to lunch with us, you'd be like, Hey, you guys are kind of like the same thing, you know, when you turn the mics on in the morning. The the idea that Brian and I come into the studio, we meet, let's just say at nine o'clock on Monday, and we say, what's happening in your world? And he says, hey, I just had a client who's really struggling with their message. And we say, okay, let's do one on messaging. And he comes up with two or three things. I come up with two or three things. Never, No script. I mean, it's never scripted. But we do have some bullet points of things that we think it's important for our audience to hear. So, so in 15, 20 minutes, we have a podcast outlined produced and done. And then we hand it to Travis who takes it from there. So it, it really is a fun process. And I think the secret there is to not over, over analyze it and over prepare. There's a direct uh, connection then over to what salespeople should be doing, right? You, you, you two talk about just being yourselves and uh, not trying to put on this persona, or it's it's not, it's it's just two people who are being very very real. And yet, what do we see? We see salespeople who sometimes think that they have to be somebody else, usually because they learn something bogus in a training session that says if you say these words these way all the time, you're, you're and and so we have salespeople that are are, are a different human being. And I'm going to guess I've never heard it from you directly, but I'm going to guess that two of you would say, uh, for God's sake, no, be yourself. It's the best. You're the best. You're the best at the world at being yourself. Yeah, that, absolutely. When, when I was, uh, uh, early on in my uh, dating career, um, my girlfriend said, uh, I worked for Procter and Gamble right out of college. And she used to tell me that I had a P and G voice. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, you change your voice when you talk on the phone for work. I'm like, no, I don't. She goes, yeah, you do. And then I started paying attention to that. And I did, I did the whole radio jockey voice. Like you just did, like the phone would ring in the morning and I like <clears throat> clear it out. Like, Oh, this is Brian. Hey, can I help you today? Brian Procter and Gamble. Where can I, can I sell you some diapers or toilet paper? You know, and it was, it was so not real. And the whole thing was, was a shtick. Cause I was taught that I had to be this way, say these things. And people can see right through all that these days. The other thing is that takes effort. Yeah. It takes no effort to be me. You're gonna, some are like it, some hate it, but it's no, it's effortless. It takes lots of effort to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah. Sometimes in, in class, we will role play with people. And if we, if they're not familiar with our, our stick, the way we start by saying, okay, I'm the buyer, you're the seller, let's hear it. And they, they magically transform, like Brian said, into <laughs> somebody else, somebody different. And I would say, okay, 
Now, just talk to me like I'm Bill. Just just forget about the role play. Just talk to me. And they go back to the perfect voice. I call it the perfect voice. The perfect voice is your voice. It's not the manufactured persona voice, like you said, Jeff. It's just be who you are. If that's not good enough, then either maybe you either ought to get out of your sales organization or out of your company, or it's not a prospect. You know, I, I love the idea of of, uh, of in, in a trading session, I've seen this happen many, many times, where perhaps it's time to ask for the sale. It's time to invite somebody to buy. And uh, I always tell salespeople at that point, it's like, I don't know what script you're trying to memorize right now. But it's certainly not <laughs> mine. But, but think about what's just happened here. You've just spent 60 minutes, 90 minutes, maybe two weeks talking to these people. If you don't like them and they don't like you now, you have a fundamental problem that goes far deeper than whether or not you can ask for a close. <laughs> This this is a friend of yours. Just ask like you would ask your sister. Come on, it's not that hard. Yes, let's just do it. Like, like there's no no reason to dance around it. Like if I like you, let's go. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are there particularly interesting interviews that have come up that you look back on and now? Oh boy, that you know the time we had so and so. And sometimes you know, for me, I'm we're we're not as prolific as as you are. We've been doing the buyer's mind now for a year and a half, which I think. Is certainly outlasts a lot of podcasts, but but uh, I look back and I go, boy, there are certainly guests that are going to you know pop out. You know, we had Seth Godin on the show; it was phenomenal. But then there are people that just totally surprise you, and you go, wow, I, I I didn't know who you were, but that was amazing. When you look back on your podcast, are there some interviews that you hung up the phone and went that that was out, I, that was my mind was blown right there. Hmm. I've got I've got two that came to my mind, but for different reasons than who you just said because I've got two as well. Well. Uh, one was the rabbi. Oh, Rabbi Daniel. Rabbi Lappin. Daniel Lappin. Mm-hmm. Yep. From up in uh, Seattle, I think, or off yep. the coast up there. He lives on an island, doesn't he? Something yep. like that. And then the other one for me was Grant Cardone. I have Grant, Grant, Grant Cardone on because he, he can be a polarizing guy in the sales world. A lot of people think, oh, gosh, but you know what? He was so giving. He would have talked to us for another two hours <laughs> if we'd have let him. Yeah. Um, his energy just came through. And I said, you know, and a lot of people like we had one guy that said, hey, I can't believe you guys had right. Grant Cardone. Uh, right. How how dare you all this stuff? Well, I actually called that listener. He had put his phone number in there. I called him. He was shocked that I called him. We had one one. Did you one, yell one, at him? I didn't yell it. Yeah, yeah. I said, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A 10X you put your Grant Cardone face yeah, off. I did not do that. Um, My memory is yeah. is of uh, Jack Canfield. You oh, know who Jack yeah. Canfield is, Jeff. Oh, Jack. Sure, yeah, and, uh, right. yeah. He was awesome. He, he just was. and he's probably what seventy five. I mean, he's he's, yeah. uh, he's just a great guy. And I remember to this day we started the podcast, and he said, "Hey, before we go live, I just want to tell you guys that I appreciate you so much having me on. You guys do really good work, and I just want to tell you that it's it, people are paying attention. So thanks for having me on. I thought." Nobody ever says that no. today. I mean, that's the gentleman of yeah. of kind of a years gone by, and a, and a past that he was just he was so appreciative. Now, was it a move? I don't know. If you probably never listened to us, but it was so genuine that uh, thought that's kind of a lost art, you know? especially a guy that has sold six billion exactly. books in his life. It's yeah. not, not a bad deal. So, and I would also tell you, this is good because I think this is one of the reasons that this made the Advanced Selling Podcast what it is. And I'm sure as you're growing your market too, same deal is that the the interviews we've done with our listeners to me stand out the most because yeah. it gives a voice to the listener where all of a sudden it's like, wow, you guys are actually connecting with your listeners. We've had multiple listeners on the show. Every time we do that, I'm, I feel so good about what we're doing and what people yeah. are doing. And, uh, the, the fact that, that we all need each other, this is a community where we all need to support each other. It's been, that's, that's, those are my favorite for yeah. sure. 
You know, I just had uh, on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago, uh, her name is Molly Jacobs. You've never heard of her. She's out of Reno. She's a, she's a frontline salesperson. She's an actively selling, but her product is cardboard boxes. She sells boxes to companies <laughs> that ship stuff. And I had to bring her on because she's nailed. She's great at what she does. But I had to bring her on just to ask the question, if there is there anything more commoditized than a cardboard <laughs> yeah, box? Yeah. Right? Yes. That's no. it. And to hear the way that she stands out uh, herself was just w- was really, really rich. But now you have to go back and connect the dots on something. Hey, we're going to do this podcast. We're going to do this advanced selling podcast. We're really going to get into the nitty and gritty about uh, about selling and how people make more make people more effective. And so, of course, we need to bring on um, a rabbi from Seattle. Would you please connect the dots here for me, please? <laughs> I believe his uh, discussion is about money and earning money, right? And, and commerce. And he talks, he puts a little bit of his faith in there. And he talks about how in his faith and the Jewish faith, uh, how they're taught yeah. to attract uh, and uh, keep and collect money for what they do. And they have a really, really uh, unique uh, viewpoint on that subject. And so, because making money is uh, in the mix of the sales right. game, we thought it'd be interesting for our listeners to have uh, Rabbi Lappin come on and just talk about the philosophy uh, that he and, and some of the people that share his faith have about earning money. And talk he does. He did talk. That was the other thing we had a- He's a, he a one question interviewer. You he ask was, him one question yeah. and 20 minutes later- Right, um, you just take a nap, go get your coffee. You just yeah. take a nap, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But his, his topic was really good because we think of money as income. He thinks of it as tied to value. And he says the reason that the Jewish population is so good at it is, is that we're taught or they're taught early that this is all about how much value can you deliver to your customers. And the more value you deliver, the more money you will make. But don't look at it that way. Look at it. What can I give? And and he wrote a whole book. I can't remember the name of it, but he was really good. And I like it when people come on and they can reframe things. Maybe your salesperson the, the, or for the box company did that too. It's, let's, let's reframe how we think about things. And when you do that, then new vistas kind of open up to you. Uh, let's, you know, you mentioned having Grant Cardone on the show, and I, I, I agree he can be very polarizing. I don't think that would be a newsflash to uh, uh, Grant Cardone. Uh, but, you know, there are some people that are going to look at it and say that there are two schools of thought. There's, on, there's sort of an old school, new school thing going on there. Um, and, and do you subscribe to that idea that there is this, you know, old close at all costs and, you know, we're going to pound them until they uh, we beat our customers into submission? And then there are others over here who are like, no, no, no. No, let's come alongside and, you know, we're going to make a friend and and both are going to take pot shots at the other. Right. Where do, where do you guys fall on that continuum? That you, you just answered it with your last word is continuum. I don't see it as a, as a binary answer. You're not an old school or new school. It's a, it's a sliding continuum. And I'm also not a fan that there's one way to do something. I think the, the pros that I've been around uh, in sales and in, in my football life are constantly looking for a slight edge at the margin for super high performance. And so whether that means my behavior goes up like old school, like I'm going to ramp my behavior up and do more pushups and I'm going to make more calls. And that's one thing. Or if I want to really dial in on my messaging and make it exquisite and, and really craft it, that's another more of the new school thing. And I think they all go together. Personally, I'm trying to find the best of all of those and put them together for maximum performance in the middle. Yeah, I think what what Grant talks about a lot, uh, at least on the podcast, was that interaction with a customer. And that's what you're talking about, Jeff, is how do how do I interact with a customer either aggressively or subtly or passively? And I feel like today, if you're going to take your income from, let's just say, 
a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand a year, you're going to triple your output. I don't think it's a it's a game. I don't think all the game is played you in front of the customer. I think the game is played through you getting right mentally, through you getting fit, through as Brian said, you crafting your message, you testing your message out, you practice speaking, you practice video, you do podcasting, you get interviews, you write, all those things together. And the sum of those things are what takes your income and triples it. I don't think it's all customer interaction, yet that's where we typically go when someone asks a question. They usually go to, okay, I've got this customer and they said this and I said that and they said this and I said that. What should I say next? And I feel like I think there's a bigger game at play here than just customer interaction. Don't you? I mean, you talk about the the mindset and as do we. Well, you know, what's really interesting is that uh, just as I I asked that question and then you both jumped in on it. And I want to point out that for both and both for both of you, your your voice tone changed a little bit. You you, you mm. both got really serious about this. And I'm not suggesting that it was uh, out of character by any stretch or that you became a different person. But clearly you take this stuff really seriously. And you've got this sort of this fun loving, hey, we don't have to take ourselves too seriously, but you clearly take this very, very seriously. I, I, that was actually kind of inspiring to me. And I, I do feel like when I'm getting into this, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm peeling back the layers and trying to figure out what goes on in a customer's mind when they're making a decision, I get really, really wonked out about that mm-hmm. in, a, in a wonderful way. It's almost getting stepping into this zone where it's like, feed me, feed me, feed me. I want to know more and more and more. Oh, that's really mm, good. That's a that's good, good catch. What a very observant here. So you tricked us there. Yeah, no, Jeff. that was great. Now I'm sweating now. I'm like so fired I'm not going to say, like, I'm done. Go ahead. You guys finish throw stuff. That was really, really good. Very, very accurate too. Because we do, it is, I think if you're going to put yourself out in our world, you have to take a stand for something. You yeah. have to stand yeah. for the middle or whatever that is. You've got to have some answers uh, and still be open to new ideas at the same time. I think living in that, that sphere is really yeah. important. I think uh, I listened to a, a guy's podcast named Michael Gervais, Finding Mastery, and he was talking. He's a performance coach, and and of course, everybody's a performance coach today, but I actually think he really is a performance coach because he studies it, doctor, PhD, and all that. But he talks. He talked the other day about, are you playing a part or are you, are you the part? And I think a lot of times salespeople were playing the part and we're not really in it. We're, we're, we're just, we're, we've kind of memorized our lines and we have all the good responses and we, we have memorized some technique and mechanics, but we're not really into it. We're not, we're not, we're not the part of the problem finder and the problem solver and the representative. I think, so I, I, it's a, that's a weird thing. And I don't know how to explain it other than I think great actors aren't playing a part. They are the part. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think we can all learn from that. You know, but I think with great actors is that they've studied their craft so well that they yes. know how to be the part. And you know, there's that great scene from Midnight Cowboy with uh, Dustin Hoffman and John Voight walking across the street in New York City, and Dustin Hoffman almost gets hit by a cab. And and, and that that now you know uh, the famous line it's ubiquitous. I'm walking here. I'm walking. And and <laughs> it totally. Well, the fact is, most people don't know. Dustin Hoffman almost got hit by a cab that was not in the script. That was not supposed to happen. (laughs) And he did not step out of character for a second. He was that guy. And I Mm. think that's the idea. If if we're, if we're trying to be somebody that we're not, then what happens when you get a curveball? You, you, there's no way that you know how to be able to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. See the difference between you and us, Jeff, is that you talk about classic movies like Dustin Hoffman. And we talk about (laughs) movies like the jerk with Steve Martin. We just dumb and dumber. We did dumb and dumber. 
dumb. And we just had a whole thing today where we talked about the jerk because uh, Navin, was I, Navin R. Johnson. I would also guess all three of us have run into this in the classroom in front of an audience when you say a line from an 80s movie. Yeah. And the audience is all 27. <laughs> like, they stare you like you got four heads. Like I was born in 89, man. I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> we do some music trivia sometimes on the podcast. And Brian is always telling me, you know, Bill, you can't go back to the 70s all the time. You got to come <laughs> back to the yeah. current millennium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Grant Cardone. Let's talk about another guy who can be, uh, at least to some people, polarizing in uh, the sales world. Let's talk about Gettimer. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had him on the podcast. I have. Um, I, I've met him a, f- a few times through events at the National Speakers Association. Uh, what's your take on Gettimer? Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know him super well. Uh, stuff I love, I believe he is who he is. That's why I like him so much. I mean, I just actually, it's funny you bring him up because I quoted him this morning in our meeting. If you watch when he promotes things on LinkedIn, he'll say, you know, this is coming to your to town near you and da, 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 tell both your friends. He just has that fun kind of edge. Uh, I'm a big fan of how he is. I don't know about his tactical material. I think he's done a brilliant job marketing yeah, himself. He owns marketer. an entire end cap yeah. in, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble when there used to be Barnes and Nobles. But you know what I mean? He's done a really, really great job with that. Uh, and I think he's the real deal. There's still so, Barnes and Nobles, aren't there? Uh, barely. Okay. Yeah. There's a, a, Amazon's yeah, new well, book, book. He's got an end cap and Amazon. You know what I did for the first time last night? Sorry, Jeff. Excuse us. I bought a, a book on Amazon. When's the you last time you bought had, a book on Amazon? You oh, never bought. Well, that's what they started with. And I, last oh, right. night, my son needs a book for high school. Oh, okay. And I thought, oh my God, I haven't bought a book on Amazon for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Jeff Gittimer. I, I I respect him a lot, though, based on what he's done from a marketing standpoint, building a great business. And uh, I've heard him interviewed a couple of times. He's okay. I, I don't uh, I don't see him as polarizing, though, as Grant. Uh, yeah. But I bet. But I'll tell you, he, he, uh, th- you definitely nailed the idea that he is who he is. It yeah. doesn't matter when you talk to him and what setting, he is who he is. There is an authenticity, yeah. and I think he would look at it and go, "I am who I am." If you don't like it, yes. that's fine. I'm not going to lose yeah. any sleep over that. Yeah. yeah, we had we had a good a good friend of ours, a friend of our show, who worked for a very uh, well known. I'll leave the names out person who does a, a, a big business uh, and actually had him at one of the events. Had Jeff Gittimer at one of the events. And she said, yeah, he is who he is. And sometimes it doesn't play well. But, you know, for me, I like the guy that owns who it he is. is, who he is. Yeah. 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 What, what non-sales experts do you to follow that you, that, that you revere, that you would, and perhaps that you would love to have on the podcast or perhaps already have? But what are the, who are some of the non-sales experts out there that you, you think are worth, uh, worth listening to? I was going to say Jeff Shore, but you're a sales expert. So that's stra- scratching that one. We'll, we'll that's who I had on my exactly. list, too. Serious. Um, uh, it, it's going to sound a little cliche, but it just is. Uh, Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm just a huge fan of how he rolls his business. More than anything, I love the fact that he has a company, an actual company, a nine-figure revenue company that does business with big businesses. Uh, that's his deal while he's doing this kind of independent brand promoting thing, yeah. where I feel like a lot of internet marketing people just kind of, it's like closed loop. You know, they teach you how to internet market the internet marketers, where Gary V has got a real freestanding company with growth plan. And I just love how he rolls and uh, love his approach to things. And I also think he is who he is. Same deal. I'll have to go back and listen to your Seth interview. I never heard, I didn't hear that, uh, but I really like Seth Godin. I heard him interviewed. uh, Tim Ferriss had him on the other day and he's got a brand new book out on marketing. And I've always, I've always felt like he looks at the world at a level slightly beneath everybody else or above, you know, that's, he he carves out a layer that's just a little bit below and beyond where we think. And that's really inspiring 
I, I think everybody ought to read and listen to Seth. So that would be mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think people get wrong about selling today? When when you when you look at, uh, let's just face it, the, 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 the continuum of presentation levels from horrific to stellar, what drives you a little nuts when you see this taking place in, the, in a, a sales presentation? With all of the, avail- the available coaching, training, the modernization of sales, um, it drives me crazy when I see people still load their entire uh, future behind a 58-slide PowerPoint slide deck and do a demo for someone on a phone call that's a 60-minute meeting and they talk for 58 minutes. And I see that all the time, especially in tech companies and SaaS companies. Yeah. They're so product and marketing driven that the product and, and marketing own the slide deck and they just load it, load it with platitudes <laughs> and data and things. And there's just no interaction. And I'm just going where, you know, I just don't understand where that comes from. The lack of interaction sometimes, especially in a demo slash um, presentation format. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say for me, it's, uh, and, and Brian and I have both been in a lot of companies where the, the owner or the VP of sales will bring us into work and he'll say, you know, my people are pretty good. They're, you know, they're really good. And then we, then we hear them. And this is, I guess it is very, I always say, this is not judgmental. Actually, it's very judgmental. <laughs> no, they're really not. And it's not because they're not good people, but it's the little tiny things. It's, you know, something little like when someone asks a question to acknowledge the asking of the question, not by saying, oh, that's a good question. Let me answer that. But, you know, that's, that's really good. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean. Just just that back and forth, which is so simple. And it's such a minor thing that people pass over these minor things. And so we look at, well, how many slides does your slide deck have and what's the color scheme? And we say, those are major things. I think how we treat people, how we ask questions, how we answer questions, how we keep them psychologically okay in the process is really important and very few people pay much attention to that. I think the core problem and Bill and I talk about on the podcast a lot is, is the intention of the salesperson. And most, unfortunately, most salespeople carry an intention to get in all these scenarios or an intention to hope to be chosen, that sort of thing. And so their energy is created from that point of view. And then all their words and actions follow suit. And everyone can tell when you're there to try to get something. When you flip the intention around and your intention is there to serve and to learn and be curious and to collaborate and things like that, it changes everything that comes out of your mouth and every action Absolutely. that you engage in. So that to me is the problem Absolutely. is having proper intention. Yeah, it's one of the things we talk about on the buyer's mind all the time, the idea that if you know your customer well enough, that sale begins to roll out right in front of you. And too many salespeople want to roll out the sale first, uh, show you how easy it is for you to buy my amazing product. And they have no (laughs) idea who they're talking to. It just drives me nuts. drives me nuts. That's a a great way to say it. Um, But before we we go here, we're going to put you both on the hot seat. So rapid fire Mm -hmm. questions, rapid fire answers. uh, And uh, listeners, just, you know, Bill's going to answer first and then Brian's going to answer each of these questions. Uh-oh. Here we go. Love it. All right. Uh, Bill, you're leading off here. Your very first job was what? Paperboy, 12 years old. Forklift driver, 17. Love it. Uh, when you were 10, you thought you would be what, Bill? FB, FBI agent, because I love the show, the FBI. Fighter pilot. Fighter pilot. Okay. Uh, the most beautiful place you've ever stood. Wow. I got it. I think it's the Grand Canyon, the lip of the Grand Canyon. Mine's Zion National Park, 6 a.m. in the morning. There you go. Okay. Uh, any book that you read that made a profound impact on your life? A- any book, Bill? 
other than mine? <laughs> uh, you had to say or, or mine, or, or mine, <laughs> or, or yours. That's what, did I say mine? I meant yours. Uh, uh, profound effect, man. That's really good. I think it's uh, James Allen as a man thinketh. Hmm. Profound. You've probably never read that, Brian. No, you've uh, read. I've skimmed it. You've read I've it. Skimmed it. Uh, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Scary Close. Scary Close. Scary Close? About relationship. It is Donald Miller. Yeah, Donald Donald Miller. Miller. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Scary Close. So how many people who who answer that question choose the Bible? No, I I rarely hear it. I I usually hear uh, Think and Grow Rich or uh, See You at the Top or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Two that, part of, of me like, well, I need I need to answer the Bible. That would be the politically correct thing to sure, do. But sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, a movie you've seen multiple times, but you can't help it. You have to watch it again when it comes on. Bill, <laughs> the jerk. I mean, yeah, there you go. I've I was wondering that, if you were recently, say that. but I've seen it a dozen <laughs> times probably. Yeah, I'm gonna get murdered for my answer. It's can't buy me love. It's a '80s chick flick. <laughs> Ronald Miller. Oh, it's the Ronald God. Miller story. It's brilliant. Uh, I have one more question, but I don't know how we can top that. Uh, all right, here is last last question. The name of your first celebrity crush? Well, I suppose it was uh, Roger Brown who played <laughs> what? Who played basketball for the Indiana Pacers, and I just I just loved him. And I know that you're maybe thinking a female crush, but everything I did, I did like Roger Brown. He was an awesome player, and so. That's that's my initial celebrity. Just I wanted to be like him. That's great. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, mine's easy. Tatum O'Neill and Bad News Bears. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get enough of that. Fantastic. Yeah, that's good. That is awesome. That is awesome. All right, you're off the hot seat. Uh, uh, Brian and Bill, just fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for giving your, your very, very valuable time. That was really, really a lot of fun. But thanks even more so for what you're doing and have been doing for a long time. I know there are so many thousands of sales professionals around the world who uh, you know they give and they give and they give. That's what they do for a living. But you can only give that what you have inside. And I think that's what you guys do. You you fuel people. You give people that energy uh, that they need in order to do something very, very valuable for the rest of society. So thanks for all you do. Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. That was awesome. Appreciate thanks, man. you too. Likewise. Thanks. So there you have it, Murph. Uh, that was that was really a lot of fun, wasn't it? A lot of energy from those guys, right? And, uh, you know, lots of knowledge. 650-some episodes. Yeah. Good people to have on the podcast. Right. And you and I, you know, we hear we hear 650 episodes. You and I are like in awe because uh, we we know we've we've done a fair number of podcasts. But, man, that's uh, that's longevity right there. And uh, they the jokingly dream. said that they've uh, that they've outlasted other people. But uh, the fact of the matter is, it's you know, it's one thing to do something for a while because it's fun and it's cool and it's interesting. But it's the fortitude to do it over and over again that tells you uh, not just that they have a good show, which clearly they do if they're doing it as long as they they have, but also it tells you a little bit about their their hearts, right? It tells you that that they are absolutely uh, driven to try and give and feed and fuel and do the things that they do so well. Well, and I, I'm hoping that we have that same uh, kind of uh, effect on the people that listen to us and that uh, we continue with the passion that we have for uh, doing the buyer's mind. There you go. There you go. Well, I, I, I'm in if you're in, Murph. I have uh, no intention of stepping aside. 100%.
yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really found it really interesting, and I and I, call, I felt like I needed to call them on, and I thought they responded uh, quite well when we when I suggested that their tone changed a little bit when we were talking about super high performance and the seriousness of dedication to being the best that you could be. Did you hear that, Murph, or was that just me? No, it wasn't just you. I absolutely heard it in their voices. And, and to me, it it speaks to. Uh, the sales professionals and the mindset of the top pros in our business. Because when we think about what it is that we do, it, it is, it can be tough. It can be grueling. We, we know this. We've, we've seen this happen. We know that that, uh, that that world of sales where you've got a lot of, at, at times, negative energy that's coming at you that you have to deal with, it can take its toll after a while. And you have to step aside and relax, right? You want to step aside and refresh the brain and have a little fun. And that's why I enjoy uh, podcasts like the Advanced Selling Podcast, because and what we try to do here in the buyer's mind, we, we want to let people know that you can get a breath of fresh air. But I also love the idea that top sales professionals, and this was modeled just now by Bill and Brian, top sales professionals, they take their craft seriously. And when they talk about super high performance, it's a serious thing to them. So when they're looking at training, it's 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 not, oh, I have to go to training. If they're looking at coaching, it's oh, I gotta go to a coaching. It's what do I get out of this? It's 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 embracing podcasts, it's embracing the books, it's embracing the experts, even embracing the people around you to say, how can I get better? What makes me better? And that's what I want to just challenge all of you who are listening right now to ask the question. How serious are you about mastering your presentation? Now, it's one thing for you to look at it and just sort of casually nod your head and say, oh, no, I'm definitely serious. But I would suggest to you that that's something that you better show me. Don't tell me. Show me. You have to prove this by your action, by your dedication, and by your time. How much time do you spend in performance improvement? How much time do you spend dedicated to getting better? Because you don't get better because you just think about getting better. Sales is a skill development exercise. You don't just sit there and say, I'm going to be better at asking for the sale. I'm going to be better at discovery. I mean, the mindset is important, but a mindset without a skill set is going to get you absolutely nowhere. So how much time do you spend in that? How much uh, effort do you put in overcoming your own discomfort in order to embrace those opportunities to uh, substantially improve to boost your performance? And oftentimes, over and over again, I see salespeople who, I don't want to say they're going through the motions because it sounds a little bit glib and, and, and probably unfair, but they get so caught up and so busy with just handling their business that they are working in their business, but they're not working on their business. Your business as a sales professional is to be the best sales professional you can be. What does that look like? How can you dedicate yourself to super high performance, and you will show that with your time. Well, as always, our thanks uh, so much for listening to The Buyer's Mind, so much for subscribing to The Buyer's Mind as well. We really, really appreciate uh, when you subscribe to our podcast, and then you tell other people about it. Post it on your social media. Let people know. At the end of the day, we all want to do the same thing in this world. We all want to change somebody's world. We'll talk to you next time. 